Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Andrew. Welcome back. Baruch Hashem. Today, with Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Beis and Maseches Kiddushin. I'm going to go back a little bit for you, Andrew, because uh, you still a little bit have surf side on the head. So, eight lines up from the bottom of Yud Aleph and Beis, I'll explain to you some, what's going on. Okay? There is an idea that a woman is Mekudeshes Bekesef Shtarabiyah. Okay? The Mishnah in Masechus Kiddush in the very first Mishnah said the Machlokas between Bichama and Bishalov. Bichama says that she's Mekudeshes with a dinar, which is the old school Tyrian biblical denomination that's eight times more valuable than Beis Hillel's opinion that she's Mekudeshes with a pruta. Pruta is the like the current uh, denom- the more current currency, okay, and it's eight times less valuable. Question is, what would be the reason? So we were proposing uh, two, three or four. We're going to have a total of like four different reasons why Beit Shammai would require a dinar. Okay, so Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish is eight lines up from the bottom of Yudal from a base. In order to understand his opinion, we have to understand a little bit about an Ama Ivria. We started talking about it uh, up until now. We've been drawing distinction between Ama Ivria and. Isha that's Mikudeshis, but we really have to get a little bit more specific now to, or in order to have context to understand the rest of this stuff. So let's say it like this. You open up Parshas Mishpatim, which is in Sefer Shmos, and right away, Ela Mishpatim, and you get into the Evet Ivri and the Ama Ivri. As we've already said, this is very different than Evet Kanani. There's no Kenyan Haguf, right? This is not considered property, right? This is a Jewish person who basically, more or less, is paying off a debt more or less, has gotten themselves into some financial hot water and they are working as a way of paying off the debt. That's how it usually starts. But an Evid Ivri and Am Ivri are two different things. So Parshish Mishpatim starts with the Evid Ivri. He basically sells himself off. He could do so as an adult. You might recall the Pasuk Im Begapo Yavo Begapo What happens if he gets married while he's in servitude? Like he still has a life. Right, but how is that, right? Because he's a little bit of a hybrid, he's a servant, but he's also a human being uh, of his own, right? Um, volition, he can get married uh, or, and uh, etc. What exactly is going to be his lifestyle like? That's the first Parsha and Mishpatim of the Evet Ivri. The Ama Ivri is different. She's not doing that as an adult. The situation of the Ama Ivriya, we don't assume that this woman is going to sell herself to servitude because she owes a debt. There is a father, this is what the Torah describes, a father, uh, I guess, can't support his daughter or whatever. He gives her over as a Ama Ivriya to a master, okay? And the Torah is very explicit that it expects the master essentially to marry her at some point. Right, this master is going to marry her. The Torah frowns upon not marrying her. It calls it bogdim. Right, it, 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 that I uh, I modified the word, but it has the word bagad. That if there's a betrayal if he doesn't marry her. In other words, imagine this daughter gets sold, and then instead of marrying her, he frees her. That's not good for her. What are you going to do with a freed? Right, this woman lived in this man's house and worked for him. Right, the whole point so to speak, of her being sold into servitude is that she would now be taken care of, right? So freeing her is not really doing her any favors, per se. It's what you're supposed to do is marry her. That's, right, this is really a great contrast to the Evid Ivry. The Evid Ivry, right, it's considered frowned upon to keep him, right? He may, if he wants to stay, he could become an Evid Nirza and he could stay. But at, certainly after Shemitah, you have to let him go. Whereas the Ama Ivriya, the, the ideal thing is to marry her. 
Okay, that is, if you look at the psukim, we don't have time for it now, but you'll see it straight up. There, it also describes the concept of yehud. The, the way you can marry her, the Torah itself says, this is not a concept from Midera Bana, the Torah itself says, Ye'ada, right? Ye'ada, right? So the Torah is talking about a concept of Yud, which is a, one of the ways that you can, you don't have to, this is a little complicated, but the point is you can do some sort of, monet, some sort of transaction called Yud, which is the way you would marry her while she's in servitude. Okay, it is a sort of a financial transaction without getting too deep and technical into it. Um, he can use the yud, which is kind of a, a form of a kiddushin of an ama ivria. He can use the remaining, uh, so to speak, value of her servitude as the kinyan kiddushin, as the kinyan kesefik kiddushin. So, so that is unique to the yud of an ama ivria. So, as opposed to having to give her money, right? He can use the remaining sort of servitude of hers and say that value is what I am going to now give you, so to speak, in the abstract, and be coning you as my wife that way. That is a Kenyan called yud of an ama ivria. Now, all of that is the background to the opinion of Rishlakish of why he thinks that Beit Shammai requires a dinar. And I'll say it outside, and then we'll read it inside. Because it spills over onto Yudbez, which is as follows. Beit Shammai, he says, says a dinar, because Beit Shammai compares the kinyan of the kiddushin of the woman to the yud of an ama ivria. Right? So we were saying, what do you, why would you compare it? The Amma Ivri is the cleaning lady. What, what, is the, what is the Kenyan? What does one have to do with the other? One is bought from the father. The Amma Ivri is purchased from the father. And the other one is the Kenyan Kedushan of a woman. So he said, no. The Torah is actually describing Yud as a kind of a Kenyan Kedushan of an Amma Ivriya. And it's the Torah itself that really expects there to be a sort of a kiddushin for the Amma Ivriya. And it's for that reason that, that Beit Shammai is going to think that maybe whatever applies to the Amma Ivriya should also apply to the Kenyan condition of the woman. That's how that works. Uh, Beit Hillel, it doesn't say why Beit Hillel would disagree, but perhaps Beit Hillel says that maybe Beit Hillel thinks that they, those two cases don't have to be comparable at all. What does that have to do with the Dina versus the Pruta? Because we know that when it comes to the servitude of an Amma Ivriya, she can redeem herself or be redeemed with a partial, a portion of whatever is left in her value, so to speak, in her servitude. And the whole question is, uh, if she was purchased for a pruta, then that's the lowest possible denomination of, of money, and there is no partial pruta. And so the very fact that the pruta is too small to be split up is the reason why it can't be that she's bought for a pruta, Right, because that can't be divided. In order for an Amma Ivriya to, to have the Kenyan, uh, to have her own redemption, it needs to be that she's redeeming herself at a value that's a portion of the value that she was originally p- purchased at. And therefore, since the Pruta can't be divided, it is for that reason that Bechamai thinks that no purchase of an Amma Ivriya could be for less than a dinar. Uh, the Gemara is going to ask, why not two Prutas, which is, right, a quarter of a dinar, but well, we'll get to that. But that is the reason why Bechamai thinks it has to be more than a Pruta, because of the comparison to Amma Ivriya, and because he thinks Amma Ivriya has to be divisible, and that Kenyan has to be done by more than a Pruta, therefore the Kenyan of Isha has to be done by more than a Pruta. Okay? That, you can't just read that straight in the Gemara and really get it that clearly, so I hope that that was helpful. Now let's read it inside. 
Right, so the passage in the beginning of Mishpatim, it says that a woman, an Amma Ivory, can be redeemed. There's a special limud there, Rashi and the Chumash will tell you right there, that she can deduct, right, the value of the years that she already served for her redemption. This is a little bit of a chiddish, because when you have an Amma Ivory, she's sold at five years old. It's like a kula, right? She was sold at five years old, and now she's trying to get out at 11. She's been progressively more uh, productive over the years. She wasn't that helpful when she was five. She's more, it was more of a favor to the dad, so to speak, in the beginning. Now maybe she's first starting to become, make, herself, make herself useful, and she counts her previous years prorated as if every year was equally productive. So this is like a kula for the Alma Ivriya. So that's important. Be that as it may, if you're going to say that she initially, originally gave the dinar for her purchase, so it's possible to deduct the purchase because why? Because the dinar is divisible. So maybe there's a pruta left and that would be what's left and that would be what she has to pay to redeem herself. But if she had initially purchased the top of the pruta, a pruta is not divisible. It's like splitting the atom berry. You can't do it anymore. I mean, we can, but you know what I mean. The pruta can't be split. And therefore, the pruta can't, because it's not divisible uh, into a small denomination, it's a, there is no scenario where she would be prorating and removing uh, a portion of the pruta in order to redeem herself. And therefore, it's for that reason that it makes no sense that the Amma Ivriya could be nicknamed with a pruta. She says to the Gemara, wait a minute, are you sure? Maybe the Torah was saying like this. That if she had been purchased with a dinar, then okay, you could prorate it, she could purchase herself with a pruta. However, but maybe if the guy did her, so to speak, a favor and was able to purchase her, or maybe she was so cheap, right? At the end of the day, he's doing her favor by taking her in. So this purchase price is a little bit of a straw man purchase price. It's not, it's almost symbolic, right? Like the real, the real value is in the work that she's going to do. Okay. But let's say he purchased her with a pruta. So then it's no longer divisible. So maybe the Torah would say, you're not going to, right, be able to prorate that. So fine. So she'll pay a pruta, right? She was bought with a pruta. She'll buy herself back with a pruta. Maybe that's what the Torah meant. Says the Gemara, we arrive at No. You can't even say that, that she can purchase off with a pruta because dumia de yud. So this is what we explained before. That the mikudeshes, where he says to her, as described, um, that yud, my yud, when it comes to yud, right, that the Torah describes yada, so if the master wants to, he has the option of marrying her through yud or not. It's a very interesting idea. He could do a regular purchase, he could do a yud. These, he has the option of yud available to him, which, as we already described, is a different kind of Kenyan where he's being conning her with the rest of her servitude. Anyway, in that regard, which is to say, in order to do yud, he would have to be mutter to her. What am I saying? As follows. It is true that yud is different than kiddushin. That's true. But a man is not allowed to, let's say, be mikadosh's erva, Right? So, for example, if a father is selling his daughter off to servitude, he can't give her to Uncle, Uncle Jerry, right? Because Uncle Jerry can't marry her. So it's true that he'll, he has a nice house and he'll take good care of her. But you can only give her to somebody who's going, as a true Ama Ivria, 
right? He, if he can't be Mekadashar, he can't do Yud either, right? So Uncle Jerry is going to be not, not able to do neither Yud nor Kedushin. And therefore, right, that's what it means. And therefore, if he cannot do either Kedushin or Yud, then you shouldn't be giving her over as an Ama Ivriya to him. Okay? So maybe if that's true, then Unbelievable. That just like you can't sell her off to Uncle Jerry because he's in one of the Arias, and therefore she, should, she shouldn't be. I don't know if an, if an uncle is Midaraisa, even one of the Arias, is it? I don't know. We went through Yavamas. Okay, let, let, let's assume it's her brother. Let, let's just get a real erva that we know is an erva, okay? So, <laughs> okay, so, right. Um, so her brother Mike. Is old, her older brother Mike has a nice big mansion in, in uh, back Lawrence, and and so he is actually going to um, uh, uh, wait. Back Lawrence is Farakway. That's what you call it when you want to say that you're in the five ten. Forget it. We'll go to Lakewood. So he's got a big mansion in Lakewood, and he has uh, all the resources to to help her. But he's her brother. You don't sell her to her brother. That doesn't make any sense because it's not right. Lo and therefore, you can't sell her to him, so to speak. So similarly here, you'll say, call migro, where you're not going to give an amount that's going to be legally divisible when it comes time for her to be poter herself, law is vini vini. You, we're going to draw a comparison and say that there too you can't sell her, which is to say you're not allowed to sell the ama ivria for a pruta because when it, the time comes for her to want to be redeemed, she's going to have to be able to divide the amount that she was sold for. That is a prerequisite. And therefore, if you can't divide the pruta, then you can't sell her for a pruta. Just like if you can't do yud, right, on the Amavir, you can't sell it to that person that you can't do yud. It's an interesting comparison. Okay, so now just to explain, that means that you can never sell an Amavir for a pruta because it's not a divisible amount. And to finish off the point, says the Gemara of and the Kiddushin of a woman, according to Beit Shammai, is actually learned and compared to Nama Ivriya. As follows, just like we just right, uh, outlined that Nama Ivriya cannot be purchased with the Pruta because it's not a divisible amount, and therefore it's, you're not going to be cornered with the Pruta. So to a woman, cannot be Mekadeshah with the Pruta, and that is the reason why Beit Shammai Insists on being connected with a dinar according to Reish Lakish, to which the Gemara asks, "Ema paga the dinar? What about a half a dinar? You know, half a dinar is still four prutas. That's good. Why are you saying uh, it has to be a full dinar?" Says the Gemara, prutas, or maybe not even, maybe less, a half of a half a dinar, maybe a quarter of a dinar, which is two prutas. That's still divisible, right? Says the Gemara, "Came da pikte me pruta ukma adinar." Now, once you already got out of the world of pruta, we're going to go up to the next denomination. It's true that you could have said two prutas, but it is typical once you say one uh, denomination is too little, so we'll just go to the next denomination. It is for that reason that, according to Beit Shlokesh, that, that reason the Beit Shammai insists on the dinar. So now that was the third explanation of why Beit Shammai holds of a dinar as opposed to Beit holds of a pruta. Now the fourth and final one, Rava, our guy, Rava Amar, high new time of the Beit Shammai, simple, clean, What's the reason Beitcham for a dinar? They're worth more than that, Andrew. The Benos Yisrael should not be, it's not, it's, it's pasnished to be Makadish them with a dinar, right? In other words, to be Makadish them with a pruta. In other words, the first reason we had was actually very similar. 
was uh, right? Was it Rebzera who said that she wouldn't be Makabalit? Uh, is not saying that she wouldn't be Makabalit. Maybe she would be Makabalit, but she deserves better, okay? It's not nice uh, to just give her to her and treat her like she's Hefker. Very nice. So now the two dots on the first wide line. With Hillel and Repruta, let's, let's explain the re- re- resumption of the Mishnah here. Sorry, Yosef Meir Repruta called who? Okay. We're going to talk about kosher money. Maybe that should be the name of this year. This is currencies now. Rabbi Yosef said, Pruta in its current value. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit. It's going to be from the uh, Bloomberg report over here. What, is, that, is that a financial thing? I'm not so holding, Andrew. Okay. Amalei Abaye. Ha'Allah Ketani. Kamahi Pruta. Okay, so the question here is, this Pruta which Basil, of which Basil speaks, how much is it? Is it an eighth of the Isar Talki? Right? Which is the Isar is really the, um, the Isar is what? It's like the Zuz, right? Or the Dinar. A lot of these terms are interchangeable. We're going to see. Something here fluctuates. Some of these are fixed, but some of these values are fluctuating with inflation and all that. And so we're going to do a little bit of math here as follows. So again, Abaye said the Pruta is an eighth of an Isar, the Italian Isar. Bechitema, and if you're going to say to buy a honey meal of Moshe, that really the pruta of which Basil speaks is the is Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, pruta, and the one that that Abai is mentioning that's an eighth of Yisraeli talki is Moshe Rabbeinu's time of Alhacha. But now, in the Mishnah, yeah, he's talking about inflation after Moshe Rabbeinu. Any coin that people call the pruta, that's going to be what works. Okay, so again, what's the issue? With? I mean, again, I was telling Barry yesterday, where I grew up, there was a shekel and there was a lira in Israel. And then they always, they came up with the new Israeli shekel, what we call NIS, right? It's a totally different value. There's inflation, right? It's like 80,000, I don't know, 100 million thousand more. It, everything became obsolete. So that's more dramatic than what happened here. But there was a pruta, just basically means like, when we say shava pruta, we mean like, Value, like the lowest denomination of value, worth something. Shavapruta is like as opposed to nothing, right? So that meant something in Moshe Rabbeinu's time, and it meant something in the Mishnaic times, and it meant something later in the Amoraic times. So, which one, so does it matter, right? So that's the question. Is it like a fixed Torah amount of which Beis Hillel speaks, that like we have to say that it is a fixed amount in the Torah, this is like the minimum? Or does it just mean give her a pruta, you know what I mean? Give her like a nickel. That, that's the question. Give her a dollar, whatever the low denomination would be. Oh. So it sounded like, right, if you're going to say, so again, so if you're going to say it's a fixed Torah amount, so like, let's say the pruta of the Torah would be $80 today. So maybe that's not true because Ravdimi came from Eretz Stralt above all. He said, that Ravdimi actually was trying to figure out how much the pruta would be in his generation. And he determined to be an eighth of an Italian, right, Isser. Okay. This was uh, important because as Rashi explains, there was a Shaila. A man gave a woman a pruta for Kiddushin. And Rav Simai said, no, you can't give the current pruta because you have to give a set amount. This is less than a Shavar pruta. And he said the Kiddushin wasn't valid. That's important. Okay. 
When Robin came from Eretz Yisrael to Bava, he said, Rabbi Dasai, Rabbi Nod, Rabbi Yishai, Shiru, Kama, Havi, Pruta, Echad, Mishisha, Bisa, Itaki. And they said it wasn't an eighth, but even more than that, it's a sixth of the Italian Isar. Okay, so in their time, the Italian Isar had a certain value, okay? And so they were saying what? That it's a fixed value, and you have to give her either an eighth or a sixth of the Italian Isar. The Pruta in those days were worth, was worth a lot less. The man who did the Kiddushin in these cases did so with like a, a, his current pruta. Well, no. <laughs> that shekel, you know, is not the same shekel that's mentioned in the Torah, right? When you, have, when you look at Tanakh, you say the word shkalim. Was the shekel of 1978 Israel the same? No, it certainly wasn't. So would that Kiddushin be enough? No, it wouldn't be enough for Kesef Kiddushin. So I'm going to Yosef, it's okay. So right now, the Torah is saying, sounds like it's a fixed amount, either a sixth or an eighth of an Yisari Talki. So the Gemara, I'm going to Yosef, if it's really true, right, that you're not going to recognize uh, the current pruta currency, then let's try to see if we can understand the following brisa. Okay, the brisa says like this: There's a brisa that tries to give you musr. What's the musr? I'll have to see the Rashi. You read the Gemara, you don't understand at all what's going on. Rashi has to explain to you. This is a Mishnah that he learns about Nene Min HaHekdesh. A person has enough from a Hekdesh. Shemevi Al Hanayis Pruta Ashram. Right? There's something called an Ashram Elis. Bekes of Shkalim. And that's going to cost him money, that Korban Atzam. And it says, this is Musr. Why? What's the Avera? Again, and you're not allowed, Me'ilah is misappropriating Hekdesh, right? You're getting Hanav from Hekdesh, you're not supposed to do that. That's consecrated stuff, okay? So how much is going to be considered Hanav? Shavapruta, okay? So you had a Shavapruta worth of Hanav. And then, now as a consequence, you are chayv to bring an Ashim Tali, which is a cost to you a lot more. So it's trying to give you Musr to tell you you're going to end up paying a lot more than the Hana that you got. You got a Hana of a Shevra Pruta, now you're going to have to pay 2,000 Prutos in order to pay for this Korban Asham. That's what it says. Even if you do so Bishogeg, you're going to have to pay a lot of money. It's going to cost you. So be careful with your Averos, right? And we're in Elul, so this is Dafyomi uh, coincidence. So again, going back in the Gemara. Calculate how much you're going to have to pay for that Avera of being Nehene from Hekdesh. How many, how many Prutas are there in what? In, in two slime? You'll say, Yosem Alpaim. You'll find more than 2,000. Hashta Alpaim Lohavian. Now, wait a minute. How could it be that. So that's the statement in the Brysa. So Yosef is saying, wait a minute. If a Pruta is the biblical Pruta, if whatever we mentioned Pruta is a biblical Pruta, so that pruta doesn't fit into alpaim. Hashta alpaim lavi, you're not going to find alpaim prutos in, in two slime. And yet, yasem alpaim karlahu. And yet the brysa says that it's more than alpaim. See what's going on here? In other words, if, if you're going to say that whenever we say pruta like Basil does, it's the today's common pruta. So today's pruta is very little. And of course, there's thousands of thousands of prutas in those slime. In that, it's going to cost thousands of prutas to buy an ashram, uh, right? Uh, Me'ilos. 
However, if you're going to say that it's the set amount, whenever you say pruta, it's the biblical pruta, so then it's less than 2,000 in two slime. That's his point of Rabbi Yosef. So, so an elder person replied to Rabbi Yosef, Now, you know what? I learned it differently. It didn't say Yosem Rapayim. It said close to 2,000. Uh, and therefore, if you say in Isar Italki, it's going to be, in fact, close to 2,000. However, the Gemara points out, Sof, Sof, Alpa, V'chamesh, Me'avatlasen, V'shisa, Hudavayin. Do the math. 96 Isar in a Sela, Eight prutas in an iser, two selas would therefore be one thousand five hundred thirty-six, as the Gemara says. Prutas. Guess what? That's not close to alpaim, is it? It's not more than alpaim. It's not even that close to alpaim. Says the Gemara. Yes, it is. Kevin the nafkulim upalga karvel alpaim karilei. That literally means that since it's more than fifteen hundred, it's close enough to alpaim. We round it up, <laughs> and that's what the brisa means. So now we're still uh, left saying that this pruta of which we speak is the pruta of Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about the denominations and then we'll move on. Gufa. That Brysuk. Yasser of Dimi, Amar. When Rav Dimi came for Arsal, he said, Shear of Simai Bedora Kamehi Pruta. Rav Simai was trying to figure out how much a Pruta was in his generation. Echad Mishmona Beisir Talki. So he thought it was an eighth, right? We already discussed that. Right? So there was a machlokas where there was an eighth in Israel or a sixth. So what was that based on? So Amalei Abayler of Dimi, Nema Atver Oven. Abai is saying this was a machlokas tanaim. The tanya, because we have the following brisa. This eighth versus sixth issue. Pruta shamer chachamim echad bishmoda b'isri talki. Right. So the Tanakhama says that it's that the pruta of the chachamim is an eighth of an iser. How does he how does he deduce that? Because sheish me akasaf dinar because there's six ma to dinar silver ma ma shnei pundirion. Ma is equal to two pundion. Pundion is shnei isarin. Pundion is like two isers. And iser shnei mumsin. Mimosa, musmisin. Two musmisin. Masmas is shnei kontronkin. Right? And masmas is two kontronkin. And kontrak is shnei prutos. Two prutos in a kontrak. Nimtza pruta echad mishmano b'iser talki. And so you see that a pruta is an eighth of an iser talki. Right? Because again, four dinar in a sela, 24 iser in a dinar. So 96 iser in a sela. 192 iser in two sela, um, or, or I'm sorry, one iser is uh, two musmis, which is four contract, which is eight, eight, eight prutos, right? That's the easiest way of saying it, I'm sorry. So again, eight prutos is the same as four contract, which is the same as two musmis. So it's one pruta is just an eighth of an iser. Okay, that is that. That is the first opinion. Then, in the Brisa, then Rav Shimon Gamliel, that's the Tanakhama. Rav Shimon Gamliel disagrees. Omer, Shlosha, this is what make, part of what makes this difficult is they're not using the same denominations. One is like coming, they're coming from different directions. One is going to say like, yeah, and that's 25th of a quarter, which is like, uh, you know, whatever, an 80th of, 20, of a $20 bill, which is a fifth of a $100 bill. And the other guy is saying, yeah, well, that's a fifth of a nickel, which is like a 20th of a dollar bill. Which is a right? They're using different denominations, so it could be confusing. I had a guy come up to me in Rabbi Schwartz's shul uh, for some reason one time, and he said he's got in his house all of these, and then it really opens up to life the Living Torah. 
when you see all of these denominations, you see why they were so. It has to do with the metal thickness and quantity. The whole thing makes sense. It opens up all of these denominations for you when you see it live. And he was so excited to show me. I didn't have my phone with me. He took down my number and he said, we're going to go over this and you can show it to your guys. This was like about a year and a half ago. I never heard from him again. Anyway. And Shimon Gamliel Omer, Shlosha Hadresin Lama. The three Hadres to Ama, Shnei Hanetzin Lahadres, two Hanetz to Hadres, Shnei Shmanin Lahanetz, two Shmanin Lahanetz, Shnei Prutos Lashamin, two Prutos Lashamin, Nimtza Pruta Achad Meshisha Beisrei Talki. So again, right, you're, it's going through the Dina to the Ma, to the Hadres, to the Hanetz, to the Shaman, to the Prutos. You add it all up, instead of being one eighth, it is one sixth. Right? So again, we have the Machlokas, whether it was going to be like Demir or, or, or like Ravin, and one said one eighth and one said one sixth. So we see this in the Tanakama. They're trying to break it down, and it sounds like that's the Machlokas in the Mishnah, to which, uh, to, in the Brisa, to which Ravdimi says, Amar Lai. Bain Didi, Ubain, Ravin, Aliba the Tanakama. No, we both hold like the Tanakama that a Pruta is an eighth. Uh Yakur And really the ratio that I was talking about was when the Isser was really high. And then there was inflation, the Isser got devalued, and Ravin was talking about when the Isser was in lower value. In other words, the Pruta stayed the same. And that's part of another thing that makes it complicated. The Pruta value stayed the same. It was the value of the Isser that fluctuated. So the ratio of the Pruta to the Isser was going to change, not based on a machlokas fundamentally in how many of one denomination go into another. No, those denominations don't change. Everybody holds like a Tanakama, right, that it's an eighth. But rather, when the Isser fluctuates, so that's going to change how many Prutas are going to go into it, right? Hadi yikur Isser ekum esrim barra bezuzah. When the, when the, when the Isser itself was high value, so then it stood at 24 to Zuz, which would be an eighth. And when, and when Robin calculated, the Isser was low in value, and it was 32 dinar to Zuz, right? And therefore, it was going to be, uh, right, a sixth, right? Because, again, the, the, Isser is, the Isser went down, right? And therefore, the uh, number of prutos in an iser went up. Okay, so ten lines up at the bottom. Shmuel Kitchabit tomorrow. Okay, so now another case. A man is Mikhaish a woman by handing her a single date. So this is going to be relevant because, again, we're talking about relative value of a pruto, relative value of money, the, right, the issue of inflation. So he's giving her a date. Now, it says the Gemara, Afilu omed kur tamar bedina. Even if the price of a kur of dates stands at just a dina, which is not a lot of money, meaning one date out of a basket that costs a dina is going to be definitely less than a pruta. I mean, right? So, right, think it through. The pruta is an eighth. You have a basket with like 50 dates, right? And you bought the whole basket for one dina. So clearly one date is going to be worth less than a pruta. Mikudeshas. She's still mikudeshas, he holds. Why? Chashin and shem hashav pruta b'madai. Because maybe... Because the dates are so rare in Madai, maybe there a single date, in fact, would cost a Shavapruta, right? Like, you know, you go to the airport, you buy a banana for $8. So maybe there it is worth a Shavapruta. So, Baha Anant, Nan Basil, Omer Pruta of a Shavapruta. Aye, but we said Basil say that it has to be Pruta of a Shavapruta. So, doesn't the Shavapruta have to be like a fixed amount somewhere worth a Pruta? So, he's saying, well, it, if, the, if you're going to go so far as to say 
that, oh, it must cost be Shavapruta somewhere, right? You go to like the backwoods of somewhere and they've never even seen a date. So that's worth a pruta. So now you can be Mikashawim with every anything, right? Pruta for Shev Pruta sounds like the, anything, there is no minimum amount. So this is the Gemara Lokasha. This is unbelievable. Rashi points out, if you know in that place that it's worth a, a pruta, that's going to be a, a vadai. This is four lines down in the wide. If, if you don't know, but you think that it might be, so Rashi is going to spell it out. It's below get. Right? She's not married, but she's not not married. She's really stuck. If you're going to say, right, you're going to take a banana and be sure with a banana and say, well, this is worth a lot somewhere, you have a real issue because she's not necessarily married, but if she wants to marry somebody else, she's certainly going to need a get, says Rashi. Okay, so that's called Kiyushe Suffolk. Okay. So, let's say a case. Man marries a woman with some memory foam. So, Yosef Ravsimi Barchia Kamei Derav Kamei Ainba. Okay, so all the rabbis are getting together, examining this memory phone. Is Beishavapruta in, right? right? Is it worth the Shavapruta? So the Gemara now asks, Is Beishavapruta low? Wait, are you going to say that it's not going to be a condition at all if it's not worth a Pruta? Shmuel said that we're worried. So the Gemara says, yeah, we are worried. That's not what we meant. We just meant, What we meant was, is there a condition Vadai here. In other words, if it's really valuable, this memory foam, so then everybody will agree that she's Mikudeshis. If it's a suffix, so in, in our locale, so then we're going to have to treat it like a dish suffix. That's not a good thing. Five lines up. So now he uses a blue stone. And that's not a ruby. Ruby's red, right? What's the blue? Sapphire? The sapphire thing is blue or black? I know emerald is green. Okay, so we'll go sapphire. Okay, so that's a good thing. Yosef Rav Chista is sitting here evaluating the stone. And he wants to say, if it is Shavapruta, then it's, she's going to be married. Ask him again. If there's no Pruta, then you're not going to be married. And so we say, instead of saying, well, uh, it's either here the Gemara answers, no, Rav Chista just didn't hold like Shemuel. He didn't take into account whether it's valuable somewhere else, which is to say, Rav Chista's shita was, if it's not Shavarputa here, the condition is gurnished mit gurnished. No get, no nothing. She's not married at all. That's the, the machlokas. Right? Rav is going to treat it like a suffix. I'm sorry. Um, Shmuel is going to treat it like a suffix. Rav is going to treat it like a gurnished, like it's nothing. So let's keep going. I'm going to So Rav Chista, right, said that it was not worth it. And who came here? The, fir- the guy who gave her the sapphire his mother shows up and gets involved and says, He's like, this was good. What are you saying she's not married? This, this was a very good stone. What are you doing? So, He says, you're not a bar to make that determination. You of all people, mom, should stay out of it, right? It's not your power to do so. As we turn to your base on base, why? And he brings a rire. Chista says, we have the case of the wife, uh, Yehud, Rav Chia's wife, Yehudas. Yehudas was very upset. Watch this. She was caught her in a bad moment. She was having twins, as she says, she was in, and she was angry at her husband for her uh, labor pains. Amrlai. And so she says to her husband, Chia, Amrli aim, kibel avuch zurtart. You know, my mother, you know, maybe this is an awkward time to bring it up, but my mother told me that uh, she tells that when you were small, your father accepted Kiddushin for you. And, and so, Rav is forbidden to you. Right? In other words, my mother never liked you. 
<laughs> in other words, right? My mother told me that your father accepted Kiddushin for you, meaning the mother told the daughter that her father accepted Kiddushin for her that was let from another man, right? And therefore, Rav is, is prohibited, okay? <coughs> meaning I was re- married before, so you're prohibited to me. Don't even look at me again. So I'm a loss. Rav Chia says to her, says, don't worry. Whatever your mother says is, is not uh, evidence anyway, right? In other words, the mother said that she never liked Rav Chia, and, and you can't marry Rav Chia because she was already sold off. So, and, that, and she was sold off by an amount that was enough. So, so she's telling this to Rav Chia to say that like, you shouldn't be here in the first place. And Rav Chia says, no, that's okay. Just because your mother says it doesn't mean anything. She doesn't have the power to make you usher to me because she is no gab a dover for obvious reasons, Barry, right? There's sometimes a built-in thing here where the mother-in-law is going to discredit, right? The, the, that kind of thing. Okay. Fine. Now, we're going to challenge. So again, Rav Chista is going to say it's garnished. Amalei Rabbanu Rav Chista, Amai. Why are you going to say that there's no Kiddushin? You could just go find witnesses. In other words, go find witnesses to corroborate whether or not this was a real Kiddushin. Why are you being so dismissive of this Kiddushin? You're not even going to go get a get, me suffolk. You're just going to say it's garnished. So if Chista says, says, where are the witnesses? I don't see in front of me. This is a fascinating fundamental idea, Barry. We're saying that even though we could corroborate, we could go and research this. How much was it worth at the time? That's okay. We don't need to go that far. If it's not valuable and it doesn't seem to be valuable, we're, not, we're going to say the condition was garnished. This is the kind of thing, I, it reminds me of Mordechai Willig Shlita, the great Gadol in Riverdale, my Rebbe, who, practical, halacha, right? Sometimes you have to be practical. You can't start, right, yet of course you can start bringing in all kinds of uh, things, and he does, and he takes ev- all the sources into consideration. But you can't drive everybody crazy, right? Sometimes you have to live your life and you don't have to go that far to start making a whole giant thing out of this and making everybody uncomfortable. So, uh, so that's what he said. He said, the witnesses aren't here. We don't have to take account. So if Chisa says, uh, this condition is nothing, okay? What's the precedent that he could even say so? So he says, that's like what Chanina said. Chanina said about the case was a woman. She was kidnapped by um, star worshippers, but she said she wasn't violated. So Edevit Sad Eastern. So he said, wait, we could actually say that there's Adam in the north. Go find out whether she was uh, violated with Tiaser, and then she could become forbidden. Avchanina said, what, you're going to go find the Adam and, and determine it? For sure not. Again, Avchanina, practical rabbinics, Barry. He's saying, no, we're not going to go this far. The woman said she's okay. She's okay. She says she wasn't violated. She's allowed to marry anybody she wants. She, we're, we're going to consider her kosher. So, Abayi Barabba, lo chista. So Abayi Barabba, no, they, they actually dis, both disagree with chista. They said there is a chashash. You're going to have to get a get. However, they're, going to, they're still going to agree with Rav Hanina that in the case of the shvuya, you're going to treat her as kosher. Why? Because we say, Yeah, a shvuya, when she's captured, is going to want to, at all costs, avoid her captors and stay clean. So for her, we're going to trust her. However, can you really compare that to an ish? The case of the ish is a totally different thing. She's not trying to keep herself away from the guy at all. She just, you know, living a life as a married woman, there it's a totally different question. It's just a question of how much was the denomination worth then. Okay. So be that as it may, Rav Chista had a case where we say we don't look into her past, we assume that the money was garnished, and we say, yes, the money is garnished, it's, and she can marry another man, the man she wore, that she married, 
was all good. The first condition was nothing. And everybody just calm down. The first condition was just a joke. The second condition is legit. However, as time passed, that very family where she remarried, assuming the first marriage was nothing, uh, had children, and nobody really wanted to marry those kids because after all, who even knows if they're mamzerim? But it wasn't because they agreed with Shmuel that he has to be, that there's a real suffix here, but rather, and there's a real pruta elsewhere, it's really shava pruta elsewhere, that they held like a bayavarava, this is like a, like a real technical detail, it's not because they agreed that, oh, it must be worth a, a pruta somewhere, but rather because they said, you know what, we really can investigate and find out. It wouldn't be that hard to find out whether when it was given it was a shava pruta, here, that's the point. And therefore, they agreed with Abayin Rava on that. Okay, who governed the Akdish Vishutita Dasa Case. Guy uh, is going to be Makadish a woman with some uh, Hadasim. Shalcha Ravacha Barnu Lakamader Vyosef Mai. Kahai Gavna Mai. So Ravacha Barnu asks him, is this a Shev Pruta? Does this work? So Shalcha Lei. So Vyosef says, Nag de Kirav. Give him Malkus. Because Rav, as we'll see, uh, thinks that this is terrible behavior. There's certain things you're not supposed to do, guys, and Rav is going to patch you for it. And it's just bad pretzisic behavior. Yes, she's going to need to get, like Shmuel said, because it could be valuable, but you're not supposed to marry a woman with your avrovos. It's ridiculous. You're just creating problems, right? So yes, now you're going to have to get a get. When were the cases that Rav patched you? The Rav mangid al demikadish b'shuka. Yeah, you're not supposed to get married in a shuk, not because it's a public place, but because it's not a respectful place. The al demikadish b'via. You're not supposed to be mikadish b'via. Yes, you can be mikadish b'kesef shtar b'via, but that is an inappropriate way to do it. Is by b'via. The al demikadish b'lo shiduche. Lo shiduche is yeah. You need to get. You have to have shiduchim. You're not just going to marry your girlfriend. Really, that's not what the Gemara here means. It means an agreement. Shiduche means you have to like, have it all set aside and understood the terms. You can't be mevatel, a bill of divorce. You can't play around. He's going to patch a husband who's going to give a get. He say, oh, say, say to the Adim, oh, no, yeah, bring it back. No, send it. Yeah, bring it back. No, you don't play with that like a yo-yo. You're a nudnik and you should get patched. Right, you can't serve a notice on a bill of divorce that's written against his will. Or harass the uh, the shluchim of the yomim. And a person who is in cherem for thirty days and doesn't correct his conduct, oh, and yana di yama, right? Elul, thirty days. You're supposed to do tshuva and correct your conduct. And on a groom who lives in his father-in-law's house, you're not supposed to live in your father-in-law's house. Gemara just asking a detail. The dyer in chalif lo to what you're supposed to. Uh, you're not supposed to live there, but you could pass by. But there was a certain chassan that passed his father-in-law's house. He didn't even live there. He just passed by. The nagdi of sheishes. Of sheishes gave him a patch. Says the gemara who made them have a Yeah. That's because he and that mother-in-law had history, and that's suspicion of them, right, having an inappropriate relationship. That is what we are concerned about. So now we arrived, I think 14 lines up from the bottom, Nehardai, right, Amri, the scholars of Nehardai uh, are going to talk more about cases where Rav administers lashes. Andrew's not happy unless he has a little extra to learn on Shabbos, and so I want to wish everybody a good Shabbos.